Hey guys, so we are back for the second episode of the DL Football Podcast. I know it's been a long break, but um, ready to get back into the swing of things, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening. So I'd like to go into um, a bit of current affairs regarding football right now. Um, so obviously we've massively got um, the issue around coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, and it looks like the Premier League is going to be suspended until the 3rd of April, which is um, massive news. But um, hopefully it'll prove to be the right steps the Premier League have been taking to um, to prevent um, the further spreading of this virus. Um Unfortunately, Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta has tested positive. I also believe Chelsea winger um, Callum Hudson-Odoi has also tested positive for um, COVID-19. Um, so obviously my thoughts are with them and whoever else's life has been affected by coronavirus. Um, if we go into some current events, so we saw Liverpool get knocked out of the Champions League. Massive upset there. I think um, they played really well for 90 minutes. But it looked like they may have just run out of gas and Atletico didn't look like stopping. And they just were relentless with it and scored three goals. And simple as that, Liverpool got knocked out. Um, Manchester United dominated against Lask. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, beat them 5-0. Very dominant performance there. That was played behind closed doors. Then we had um, PSG beat Dortmund at home. Another game behind closed doors. Um, so this was, if uh, PSG would have got knocked out here, it would have been their... Fourth year in a row, getting knocked out at the round of sixteen, which isn't a good look for a for a um, for a club that spends as much money as they do. And um, that we saw some really good performances in that game. Neymar turned up, played a massive role, and um, I think Neymar he's a big game player. I don't think there's ever been a doubt of that. I mean, the only doubts have been his um, willingness as in to stay fit or to find an excuse to not play in um, games around this time as his um, I think it's his sister's birthday. He's missed this time uh, quite a lot. But um, we saw it in the World Cup um, when Brazil got to the semi-finals and then lost to Germany. But Neymar, up until then, when Neymar was playing and he was fit, he was a massive big game player. He didn't play in that game against Germany. Of course, he was injured. He had a significant back injury, but... Um, he he is a big game player. I don't think there's ever been any doubts in that. And it showed in this game he played a massive role. Um, who else did we have? Let me have a look. Who else did we have? We had Leipzig knock out Tottenham. Um, Leipzig are a great team. I think um, as an English person, we're always quite naive to these foreign teams and um, we always expect the English team to go through unless it's against one of the big European superpowers. But Leipzig right now are a really quality team with a quality manager um, and they absolutely handled Tottenham. Tottenham didn't look dangerous at all. Honestly, did not show any elements of danger um, at all in that game and Leipzig uh, deservedly got the three goals. Obviously... Um, the Manchester City game, the Juventus game, the Chelsea game and the Barcelona game has all been postponed. So um, we're awaiting further news regarding that. Obviously this makes this podcast a bit harder than others because we've got um, so many games um, postponed. But um, 
yeah, we can be can keep going. Uh, who do we have here? Who do we have? Do, do, do. Okay, that's interesting. So um, we've got the Scottish FA cancelling um, um, the, the Scottish leagues as well. So um, there's no old firm derby. That's yeah, that's massive news. I think yeah, the coronavirus seems to be spreading like a wildfire. Um, I think I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a medical expert. I'm not a government official. Um, so I think we'll just have to wait and see what happens with coronavirus and wait it out. I think the period where we could have contained it is far gone now. I think when when we when we had the first case announced, we should have acted radically but um we didn't and we let it grow and uh, we're going to continue to pay the price for the coming months now that it's um been spread and it's all over the country so now we've got arsenal um looking at thomas party at atletico madrid um with a release clause of a potential release cost of 45 million which would be <clears throat> on the expensive side um, for a team like Arsenal in, in, the, in this current moment, a team that hasn't been in the Champions League for a couple of years now, <clears throat> 45 million for a for a player is quite a lot. That being said, they spent 72 million on Pepe. Um, but, yeah, for Arsenal to continue to spend this money and not win any trophies and be in the Champions League, it's, it's probably not going to happen, realistically. Arsenal aren't realistically going to continue to spend large sums of money whilst not in the Champions League, because they didn't spend large sums of money when they were in the Champions League to stay in the Champions League. They were happy to just about scrape to be in the Champions League and then get knocked out and say, that's fine for this season, on to the next one, rather than looking to progress and and get into the semi-finals and finals and, and look to winning the trophy. Um, nonetheless, Thomas Partey, would he improve Arsenal? Yes. Um, in In simple, I think he would. I think he's a he's a more dynamic option than Jacka in the midfield. Although Jacka has been seen has been um, seeming to find a specific role, which is um, is a similar thing with a lot with a couple of those players in the Arsenal team that they've found a specific role in that team. So Jacka's not the best centre mid in the league. He's not the best centre mid Arsenal could get in terms of the transfer window, but he's become very good at dropping into that left back position. When Saka pushes forward, so what? So now that he's been able to given certain roles and not just being told to be a central midfielder, you run the game. He's not able to do that in the Premier League at Arsenal. He's not able. To, maybe maybe in the Bundesliga at Gladbach. I didn't watch him that much. Maybe that's what he was doing. At Arsenal, he's shown he's not able to do this for thirty games a season. <clears throat> so Arteta has given him a slightly different role that will help the team and suit Xhaka because now he can be behind the ball more often and is able to pick a long term a longer pass and gives Saka a license to go forward without being worried about losing the ball. Um but yeah I think Thomas Party would be a would be a good option, especially if Spile well well if as long as far as we know, Spiles is going back to Real Madrid at the end of the season, he would fit right in. I think a midfield trio of Xhaka, Party, and Torreira will be absolutely fine. Um, creativity, there's not a massive amount of it, but if you can get creativity from different 
parts of the pitch. He doesn't always need to come from the midfield. We've seen this with Liverpool. It doesn't always need to come from the midfield. Their creativity comes from their fullbacks. We've got one creative fullback in Saka. You know, we've one right back away. And we, we can and then Arsenal can look like a potentially a a very very dangerous team as long as they can keep a Bamiang. But obviously if a Bamiang can get coronavirus, um, self isolation, they can keep him until the summer. That's a joke. I hope a Bamiang doesn't get coronavirus, of course. Um uh, we also have Jurgen Klopp's um um comments about Atletico Madrid and this is really weak. I really don't like when managers do this. When they say um, they shouldn't be playing football like this, and and um, that's not how you play football, and all that, and I think what Simeone does and what he's known for is exactly why we all love football. Different styles. You've got the total football of Manchester City, the Barcelonas, the Ajaxes back in the day. Um, we've got the Gagan. Well, we've got the Gagan press in turn to. We've got the Gagan pressing of Jurgen Klopp, which obviously he's gone away from a lot this season. Um, but Well, not necessarily a lot, but he's gone away from quite a bit this season. But, um, yeah, that's that's happened. Then we've got the... Um, yeah, with different styles. Then we've got the, the Simeones, the, um, the compact, um, organised defences, um, waiting to hit you on the counter. There's nothing wrong with that at all. At all. You see, you see um, teams do that because I think, well, it's unfashionable to play that sort that sort of football. It's unfashionable to play direct football, unfortunately. So you see teams like um, like Stoke's a perfect example when they got rid of Tony Pulis, a, a top manager, in his own respect. <coughs> excuse me. Tony Pulis, in his own respect, is a good manager, a very good manager, and we we saw it at Stoke. They did a great job keeping them up for so long. But when when you're in the mindset of we want to be fashionable, we want to be popular, we're going to change philosophies. It's not it's not always a good thing. Showed with Stoke, they got relegated, and they and they were near the bottom of the championship. I'm not sure where they are now. But um, and then we see, and then then we see with Stoke, they tried to go a different route, didn't work, got relegated. Um, we're seeing it with Brighton. They, um, of course, they got rid of their manager, Chris Hewton, who did a great job. And when you're managing teams like that, the aim only needs to be to stay in the league because the team's not great. It's not a great team. And um, they have got rid of Chris Hewton to bring in Graham Potter in an attempt to play a more possession-heavy style, more total football-based style. And Brighton are only two points off relegation right now. Um, statistically, they've improved. They're making more passes. They're getting more possession. So in terms of practicality, it has worked. Not in terms of results, though. Evidently. Um, you always have the outliers. Um, the teams like Sheffield United, who are 7th currently in the league and don't look like they're don't really look like they're going to slow down, really. They don't really look like they're going to slow down um, unbeaten in the last five. A, a good team, a, a, group, a group that 
that is well oiled, a lot of chemistry there, a lot of willingness, a lot of respect for their own manager, and they are playing for the badge, they're playing for the fans, they're playing for the city. Sheffield United are a great team in this moment, and um, they're an outlier this season. I'd love to see them if they can keep it up next season. We'll see. We'll see what um, Chris um, what um, Chris Wilder wants to do in the summer. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if he's keen on keeping the exact same players in, or if he wants to, or if he acknowledges that if you want to stay at this level, you're going to need to bring in new players because if you're not improving. In football, you're going backwards. Yeah, so um, that's the Premier League. I think if we're looking at the bottom of the table, we've got Norwich, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, West Ham have got out of there just about, but they're, they're still even on points with Watford and Bournemouth in the relegation battle. It looked, it looks nailed on that um, that Norwich are going down, but. Um, they beat Leicester. I mean, that's, I mean, that's probably stretching it a bit. I'd say I think one win in the last five. They're probably they're probably looking nailed on to go down, which is probably quite fitting for Norwich. They're regarded as a go-yo club. Aston Villa, really unfortunate. I really like Aston Villa's team, and it'd be such a shame to see them go down because um, they've got a, some group. They've got some really good players there. I think Wesley has got a lot of potential. He's a big guy. He's a he's a striker that he's a strong striker. I think Grealish is absolute quality. I think him being at Aston Villa in this moment at that end of the table is not benefiting his shouts to be in an England team, honestly. And that's where he should be because he's quality. That's where he should be. Um, Bournemouth is looking like potentially. It might be the end of their cycle in the league. One win in the last five, also like Norwich. It looks like this could be the end of their run in the league. It's a shame, but I think with Bournemouth, it was one where once they're down, that'll be it now. They probably won't be coming back up for a while. You never say never in football, though, but um, Eddie Howe should be on to bigger and better things. What that looks like, I don't know. Honestly, I think if if Bournemouth had got relegated and Roy Hodgson hadn't signed a new contract, I think Crystal Palace would have been a perfect, perfect assign signing for Eddie Howe. Um, yeah, the Champions League is looking interesting now. I mean, unfortunately, it has been affected by the coronavirus, and it has postponed some fixtures. But um, I think who do I think will win it? I think it's hard to say. I think Manchester City had a really good performance against Real Madrid, although Real Madrid haven't been particularly impressive at any points this season, in my opinion. Haven't looked impressive at. Haven't looked as good as they looked under Dan the first time. No point this season. I thought that that. Um. Yeah, I I don't think Real Madrid will win it. I think Man City home with the shout. I think it simply could just be a situation where they're getting banned. They're going to get banned for the next two seasons. For a lot of these players, this will be their last chance to win a 
uh, the Champions League with Man City because I don't see a lot of them staying, honestly. I think this could be their last chance to win a Champions League with Man City and, and they'll go for it. Maybe they'll do it. And honestly, that'll probably be the last Champions League of Pep Guardiola's career. That was to happen. Pep Guardiola's best days are behind him. He had the times when he was winning Champions League at Barcelona. Should have won it with Bayern. Yeah, I think. I think Man City could do it. I think PSG, when you've got a team that good and you spent, you've invested so much money, you're always going to be a favourite. I think. On their day, they've got an absolute quality team. Absolute quality. Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria, um, Idris Gay, um, Kaylon Navas, so much quality in that team. And even on the bench, um, Mado Akadi, a quality striker on his day, Cavani, and a quality striker who's experienced to have him off the bench, as experience that you need in those big games. There's a lot of quality in that team. And Idrissa Gay is a, is a world-class midfielder and um, has helped but, sorry has helped PSG a lot this season. And he'll continue to help them because that's what quality players do. In that position, they're enablers. They let the attacking players be creative. They let the attacking midfielders be creative. They're a barrier for the defenders. PSG, PSG could go the whole way, I think. Not saying they will. I'm not saying any team will go the whole way because it's football. And you know how, how football is. But um, I think PSG have a good chance. And now that um, the Europa League is also getting into the later stage, the same, same as the Champions League, Man United have been playing some really good football recently. I think it's 10 games unbeaten in all competitions. Really impressive. Oli has come a long way. Bruno Fernandes has absolutely turned their season around. Will he, enough, will he be enough to carry them to the Europa League? Potentially. You know, honestly, potentially. Because he's a great midfielder. He's got that hunger. He's got that fight. And he's got the creativity as well. Because we saw with Manchester United, the problem was, a lot of the time it was creativity. You'd say Fred and McTominay are showing a lot more fight recently. And they're showing a lot more hunger. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them creative midfielders. However, I mean... Despite how much they've come along, they've been immense. They've improved so much, but they're not creative midfielders. And now you've got one in there. Once Rashid's back, Greenwood's still striking all cylinders. Um, Martial, Igalo's been been a been really impressive. I think for what he is, because he's not. He's not a Wayne Rooney. He's not a he's not a world class striker. That's not what he is. He's not Lukaku. That's not what he is. But they've got him in, and all Igalo can do is continue to score goals. You know, people had their judgments on him. Um, people laughed. I think rightly so. Honestly, rightly so. I think they've got a guy from the Chinese Super Division who did nothing in his second season at Watford. Was shocking. And, he, and this guy's signing for Manchester United. I think people were right to laugh. But Igalo's showing them that that was in the past. That did happen. That was in the past. And now he's here to set the record straight and continue to, and score some great goals and help Manchester United and see how far he can take them. I think Man United could do it. I think they've got the defence sorted out now. 
Oli showed some tactical intelligence to start to play Shaw at centre-back, because Shaw's a big guy. He's not able to get up and down the pitch the same way a Brandon Williams could. Luke Shaw's too big for that now, in this stage of his career. I'm saying he's too big at this stage of his career. He's a 24, 25-year-old man in his athletic prime, but he didn't take care of himself. He got way too big, and now he has to play centre-back. United could do it, personally. I think United could do it. I think I think England for the Euros would be an interesting proposition. That being said, I'm saying the Euros for the summer, but as <clears throat> rumour has it, coronavirus can even have an effect on that. I think Southgate needs to make some changes to the England team that went to the 2018 World Cup. He won't make the right changes and that will cost us the Euros. He'll take Jordan Pickford in goal. A goalkeeper, he's not a good enough shot stopper. Honestly, he's not. Simple facts, he's not a good enough shot stopper. Um, John Stones isn't a good enough centre-back. Isn't a good enough defender. I think, first things first, you need to take players to do their base roles that take their that do their base roles effectively goalkeepers sh- are shot stoppers that's what they're there for anything additional is a bonus you've got defenders they're there to defend anything additional is a bonus midfielders they're there to advance play create but also help defensively strikers are there to score goals anything other than that other than that is a bonus So if you take Dean Henderson, a much better shot stopper. But then his passing is in there. But first things first, he is a better shot stopper. I don't think John Stones will go to the Euros, that being said. I think he's been shocking this season for Man City. Absolutely shocking. But um, I think he could take... He's got a lot of options. Michael Keane I wouldn't take. Don't think he's good enough. Lewis Dunk is an option. A very good option. Um, I think Harry Maguire and Lewis Dunk, Joe Gomez also could be a, would be a good centre back partnership. Whoever he picks to play, uh, it looks like it will be Maguire and Gomez. I think at full backs, he will have to take Trent and Chilwell. I think that goes without saying. And, and in midfield, I think we have been missing a deep passer. It's been our downfall for years. Henderson's not that player. He never was. He never will be. He's good for what he is. But he's not a deep blind passer. He's a workhorse. I suggest that deep blind pass is Harry Winks. I don't think there's anyone better right now. In that position. I think... I mean, if only McTominay was English, right? If only McTominay was English, he'd be ideal. But um, I think Harry Winks is our best bet. I think a midfield partnership of Grealish and Madison would be potentially game-changing for us. Then up front has to be Rashford, Kane and Sancho. I don't think Sterling's done anywhere near enough to get into that starting eleven consistently. No goals or assists in 2020 is an embarrassing stat for a player in 2019 was brilliant absolutely brilliant that's an embarrassing statistic for Reem Sterling right now 
Kane's been very unlucky with injuries and taking him probably isn't the best bet but I think who else could we bring Danny Ings when, you're, when you've scored as many goals as he has then you then you need to be in contention I think I think it needs to be if Harry Kane cannot make it because I don't know what his expected return day is but if Harry Kane can't make it it needs to be Ings Calvert-Lewin Greenwood I think pe- people will say Greenwood's too young uh, Greenwood wasn't too young. Theo Walcott was too young. Yeah, there's a difference. Greenwood's been playing with the first team. He's been and not just playing, getting minutes every now and then. He's been playing well, coming on and scoring goals. Brilliant player. Looks like he's got a real eye for goal. Unlike Walcott, who was completely unproven, completely. If England play that starting eleven, they've got a good chance. You know, they've got a good chance. So you can't guarantee these wins because. In these knockout tournaments, you can't. It's so unfair for a manager to be judged on a knockout tournament because it's based on the lack of a draw. We could get through the group stage unbeaten, the next round we draw Germany or France and get knocked out. And that's regarded as a failure of a tournament because we got knocked out in the first knockout round. Little. But. Little to be said that we lot. But we got drawn against France and against one of the best teams in the world and lost. You know, that's why it's so tough to be judged on a knockout tournament. Just judged solely on a knockout tournament. But um, that being said, looks like I'm going to wrap things up, guys. I've had a great chat here. Um, thanks for listening if you stuck it through. And um, hopefully I'll be able to get this noon the next episode out to you very soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers.